Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. If you're LSU... LSU, which prides itself on being like the king of the partiers. You can't sit there and be like, we only do it at certain times of day. We're not good enough to get hammered at 8 a.m. SI's Ross Gellinger. They're trying to even the playing field, right? The NCAA has forever, for years, tried to legislate competitive equity. It does not work. And SI's Pat Forty. There's got to be something to adhere the honey too, as opposed to the honey being the whole show. Honey is a supporting actor. It's a supporting actor. It is not the main headline. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to Pod Week 6 Race for the Case, also known as RIP AM Alabama Key. Anyway, I think we should perhaps point out that one of us is above 500 now for the season. Really? Oh, we have the hmm. yeah. Wonder who that is? Who? I wonder who that is. Mm. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be me. You've yeah. been on a heater lately. Ten and two, right? Last two weeks, uh, something like that. I was five and one this last week. Yeah, so. rolling. Things are looking up. All right, we're all making. We we were really bad early, but we were all making progress. I think we're all doing. We're better. all making progress. We're all making progress. So, uh, still don't take these picks. Maybe there's a morsel you can pull out of uh, of different stuff. So we're going to pick a bunch of games. We've got a few updates of some other stuff. Uh, Ross, I wanted to ask you, I know uh, you have a story out on SI.com. You sat down with Mike Leach, who's always always got ideas. He's an idea man. <laughs> He's a deep thinker. He once proposed like 124-team college football playoff or something oh, yeah. he tried to explain to me oh, once yeah. i i got oh, yeah, so yeah. dizzy he <laughs> yeah. when he used to have that radio show on sirius i'd go on a lot and i by the end i would just be con- i'd be confused i didn't even know what was going on <laughs> he has a solution for nil and you talk to some other people now it is my, still my position there is no problem with nil so i don't know what we're looking for a solution but what <laughs> the coaches disagree with me what is what is the issue here what, what, what is this solution, Ross? Well, I think the coach's biggest issue is uh, they'll, they say that, you know, college sports has become professionalized and the players are basically getting, getting salaries from NIL collectives and, and boosters. 
And they say, well, if we're professionalized, we should have a professional model, which includes player contracts in trades, in player cuts, in a draft. (laughs) And so Mike Leach's proposal. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) To you cackling. Uh, Mike Leach's proposal is players can decide when they – when they enter a college, they can decide if they are one of two classifications, a student athlete, and so an amateur, or they can be a professional. They can all play on the same team, but they have to decide one or the other. It kind of reminds me of golfers into a golf tournament. You know, you, you're playing as a amateur or you're a professional right. who will right. get paid at the end. So that's his that's his uh, his plan, and the professionals will be dra- you know, if you're an amateur, you're all the rules basically say the same that they're there are that they are now. Except if you graduate, you get a hundred thousand dollar bonus. If you're an amateur, then once you graduate, you get a hundred thousand dollar bonus. If you're a professional, you will be drafted. There will be a draft day. All the FBS teams will draft. Uh, you can be cut. Uh, you can be traded. Uh, <laughs> Leach throughout the, uh, you know, hey, if we need an offensive lineman and. And uh, we've got an extra receiver. Well, we'll call up. And he just named a team. I think he said New Mexico. We'll call up University of New Mexico. Hey, uh, we, we would like your off. We like your best offensive lineman. You can have our receiver and, you know, all that stuff. So that's uh, and then you paid a salary. And there is a, of course, and he made sure to emphasize this. There is a salary cap, which is why uh, coaches are a lot of coaches are angry right now because there isn't a cap on NIL spending and collective spending, and, and so they believe it's destroying the game. So that's the Mike Leach plan to solve NIL. And, yeah, I've got a couple of other coaches talking, including Dabo Sweeney, who had the quote to me of, quote, blow the whole thing up. So there you go. Well, that would be blowing it up, a draft. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you no sure longer would. can pick your college. Okay, that would universally <laughs> change everything. Because uh, I actually believe that one of the the connections for for fans and why there's such passion is that a lot of them are alums or they are from these areas of the country. I mean, look, quite honestly, most schools that are good at football aren't in areas that are normally that popular in the country. So it's like, hey, this person chose to come to the same school I chose or they chose to come to the same state that I'm from. Uh, so I always think that's kind of the, the tether that makes this whole thing work. But certainly a, an intriguing possibility, you just draft, that would certainly spread out the talent. Oh my God, the high school combines would be even bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, the, uh, I'm a no on this, but I'm interested in all the pratfalls and, and chaos that it would incur. It, it'd be at. pretty fun. I love the idea of trades as well. Well, we're just going to trade you. And then I look at, at one point, at one point, as he's going through this, I said, so if you're a professional, you don't, you know, you don't go to school. You don't go to class. He said, no, 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 I think they should go to school. If they don't want to go to school, they can create their own team league. He said, he yelled across the room. Somebody probably would, but yeah, I don't know. It's like team ignite or, you know, like this overtime elite basketball, these high school kids are doing it. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. That, uh, we just saw last night two, the two guys that are probably going to be the top two picks in the NBA draft mm. ain't going to college. Victor Wembanyama, the revelation, seven foot three from France, and then uh, Scoot Henderson, who's just gone straight G League. 
But football's a different animal, always has been a different animal. And Just quickly, the, the, how about the, that game, though? How about that game? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, the Wembenyana kid, oh. Like, he's Chet Holmgren with way more offensive game. You know, everybody was dazzled by Chet Holmgren's ball handling and everything at seven foot. This guy's seven three. He made, what, seven threes last night? I mean... He's taller. He's more fluid. He's a better shooter. Holy cow! This is uh, this is co- where college basketball is headed because uh, they're. I think they're going to bring back the uh, the age that you can come straight out of high school. But if this game yeah. had been like a college game, it would have been the ratings had went off the roof. It's hard to get any oh. publicity for these things, but it was on ESPN too. Right. Wembenyana, if you hadn't seen this kid, seven three from Paris, <laughs> just. I, 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 I've, I watched LeBron James in high school, Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady. I don't know whoever the best guys, uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, I mean, all of them, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's better prospect than any of those guys. Like he'll be better, but there was none of them or any, like he, he was the same as watching LeBron in a different man where you're just like, I cannot believe this is happening on a basketball court. Right. And that kid yeah. is 18 years old. It's yeah. just, but no, LeBron I mean, was... looked like he's 26. this kid looks like this kid looks like he's 18 but boy oh boy can he play oh my goodness he's a seven foot three point guard at times yeah as you can tell i have no knowledge of this situation no knowledge (laughs) i think a lot of people didn't (laughs) just sit here quiet i was texting people like and i like i'm like hey check this out like oh my god like look at this kid play basketball and you know it's like this game and they're you know it's like a showcase game it's not oh my god this is where I yeah. wish, uh, I mean, look, this kid has no allegiance. <laughs> My own selfish reasons. I wish he still had to go to college. And this guy was right. showing up at Carolina or Kentucky <laughs> next year, and you got to watch him for a whole year at least. Yeah. And just be like, holy yeah. cow. But he's yeah. uh, he's incredible. All right, go to your football point. Yeah. So, yeah, football doesn't have that. What football does have is the NFL. We don't need another pro league, like a straight-up pro league like Mike Leach is describing. I understand some of his points, and some of his points are good, but the, the America is not going to, if, if it becomes just a straight, basically younger version of the NFL, people, are, people are, will finally tune out. They've been threatening it. They've been saying it. That would really do it, in my opinion. You yeah, would finally see league. people say, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a G League, yeah, basically. Of football, we have uh-huh. we've seen no indication, as we long predicted and la- literally mocked, that anyone's turning off because these guys are making money. No, no, Fans nobody's turning money. off. No, but I think I think there but, is an issue. Slowly. But if you start trading them and cutting them, yeah. <laughs> it's just straight because that's yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, I think. What do you say, I, Ross? I, you think well, there's I, any, I, yeah, any no, crunkle? No, nobody's cutting them off. Cutting off the TV. Everybody's still going to still watching as we know i think tv and even attendance i think home attendance is back up you know it was going down for like 10 years yeah and i believe this year it's like up small percentage but it's up so it's maybe it's back on the rise so so that's not happening i think there's some issues with uh you know the collectives and in, in not uh following through on some payments promises to athletes and that's going to be something to monitor as we go forward and that's something that could get the attention of congress so we'll see how that plays out. I mean, that, that's, uh, that is to me, 
un, un, uh, undoubtedly some of these guys are going to get stiffed or it's going to be a bad deal or this or that. But that's not why you blow up the whole system. I think these guys are frustrated with change, the coaches. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're uncomfortable. Well, and I think some of them, are like, like Mississippi State, because of the resource situation there, realize that, you know, they're already at a disadvantage. The Mississippi States, the, the Vanderbilts, the Missouris and all that, they're already at a disadvantage in their league. And they think this is, I think they believe this is another thing that they're going to be disadvantaged on because of their resources and their lack of resources. But there are they already are, you know, so this is just another thing lopped on top of it. Yeah, They're trying to even the play field, right? The NCAA has forever, for years, tried to legislate competitive equity. It does not work. And now they, they're starting to see, right, that it does not work, and they're starting to transform, although this transformation committee, I've heard, isn't really going to be transformative. Shocking, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. The, yes, I think probably one of the key elements in Mike Leach's plan there is salary cap, i.e., Everybody can gets the same amount of money, more yeah. or less, and because that's where this drives the coaches crazy. Is just are you losing players because the other programs have more money? Uh, and I mean, in one way, form, or fashion, that's kind of always been the case. But now, with it being just that upfront in the recruiting game, I think that's you know what's the one thing that always drives coaches crazy in every sport is like, well, they're able to do this, and we're not yeah. able to do that. Yeah. And that's right. where this, I think, all stems. It's not fair. It's not even, but it never will be fair. And Welcome even to America. Yeah. yeah, it'll never right. be fair and yeah. even in any way. I mean, even with the NFL, with a salary cap and all that, like, it's, you know, it's fairer and more even, but it's still not completely balanced. So. Yeah, or there's, there's different positives or negatives to every franchise and different things. Teams spend more on mm -hmm. scouting and this and that. Or, you know, look, I, I, people want to live in Miami. They want to live in L.A., you know, it's hard to get a hard to get a free agent to sign in Milwaukee and, you know, you know, Detroit or Minneapolis, you know, Cleveland. But it's like, hey, this is what you do. I don't know, man. It's it's it. Everything's going fine. Everything's going fine. So the, the, the only thing that threatens a sport is when there isn't players, there isn't talent and there's tons of talent. Now, college yeah. basketball losing out on guys like Victor when. Wembanyama or Scoot Scoot Henderson particularly because he would have played, yeah. you know, he would be a a he would be an unbelievably coveted high school bat recruit right now. Um, oh, and yeah. He's a very exciting player. That stuff could, but I don't know. I just but, they're all in their up in their feelings, man. They're all up in their feelings. They <laughs> they are, and a lot of coaches think, of course, the NFL's rule, you know, of of got to be in college for three years or whatever, got to be out of high school for three years should go away and that would solve everything. But then you would lose, potentially lose some of the best college football players that we've seen play. I remember when, and it's just one example, it's kind of an old example, but when my, my first year covering LSU, Leonard Fournette was a freshman. I remember Les Miles telling me he had heard from enough NFL teams to know that Leonard Fournette would have probably been like a fourth or fifth round draft pick out of high school you know, so we would have never seen Leonard Fournette probably in college. So those things would happen too. So there's negatives and positives of that. Yeah, you know, that that's that's very, very short sighted. That's the best thing they have going for them. Mm. I mean, I the and number of people ever change yeah. anyway. It's absolutely not change. Yeah. Uh, getting Bryce yeah. Young back is what drives the thing. It, 
I, we in one breath we talk about how there's like half a billion dollars in dead money for coaches and coaches can get are making more and more and more money and even like they're paying guys off of uh, NFL staffs and giving them 11 million dollar buyouts or whatever and and then at the same people these these same people who are getting rich as hell are like this is awful it's, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> this system is working really well for you guys. There's $2 million coordinators. Yeah. There's $2 million yeah. coordinators. Oh, this is just, we got to sure. We got to blow it up. Got to blow it up. This doesn't work. If million if, dollar strength coaches. Yeah. I mean, high six figure private uh, offensive yeah, line. Yes, coaches. Yeah. $900,000. Uh, uh, a, position coaches in fact i yeah you know uh yeah it's it's yeah this is terrible gotten crazy brutal for us how do we survive (laughs) it was so much better in the past when we made 64 Uh, grand (laughs) and had to go to make 64 grand and i didn't have three recruiting assistants yeah and i had to you know i got a free meal at the coaches show and at the chilies i mean come on (laughs) this is this is a i i just have never it's like a bunch of hedge fund managers standing around complaining about work (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah, two billion this year but you know how much regulation i did i'd fill out all these forms uh, uh, i can't wait till this publishes because i can like already hear my phone ringing from oh, a couple ADs. Yep. you guys, guys always me. make this sound yep. too simple you make yep. it, uh, you guys we, we will be getting calls we will be getting calls no doubt <laughs> whatever no doubt about all it. my fault call me i take the uh <laughs> take the heat all right well whatever they'll get over it Cry me a river. None of them are quitting. I guarantee you that. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. None of them are quitting. None of them are quitting. All right. A couple updates on stories, okay? The chest-cheating anal bead scandal. It's back, Ross. I know you're tired of hearing about it. Man, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Chess.com. Chess.com went investigative on this. And... um, did a 72-page report on the play of Hans Niemann, the 19-year-old American who was accused of putting the anal beads uh, into a body cavity, uh, which I guess is in the first word of anal beads. Anal beads where they're supposed to go. And then having someone use a remote control to send Morris code to tell him which moves (laughs) to make. Chess.com report says he has cheated, likely, quote-unquote, likely cheated in more than 100 online matches. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> That's a lot of cheating. A lot the, of buzzing. A lot of buzzing, yeah. Concludes, a lot of vibrations. Yeah, <laughs> while we don't doubt that Hans is a talented <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Get it together, Dan. <laughs> Come on. Uh, guy, no wonder he plays so much chess. He's just like happy as can oh. be out there. Oh, man. Oh, geez. I'm going to get that text from my wife, who I know can hear me hear me talk from the other room. Yeah, right. Are y'all talking about the anal beads again, the anal chess player? Yes, we are. Yes. How did you manage to play 14 hours of chess in a row? That's uh, not that bad. <laughs> 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 what does this guy do for fun if this is his job? Uh, I don't want to party know, with Dan. this guy. You don't. I want to uh, hang out with Hans, man. It's gonna be. It's on. It is on. Uh, anyway, uh, who cares? Is the results were considered statistically extraordinary? Of course, he cheated. 
Chess.com. I'm taking a word for it. All right. There's that. Uh, somebody got on me because uh, we forgot to mention that Colorado got like three or four million from, from Michigan State when they stole Mel Tucker. Right. So they got to put <laughs> right. that into the pile to knock into down the, the Darrell buyout. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Mm -hmm. You guys led me astray on that, that discussion. Yeah, yeah they, they, they still, it was still Carl Darrell. Nice guy. Did But come on. He's a position coach in the NFL. Yeah. Whatever. All right. There's that. We also have unconfirmed reports that Ross accused somebody at Ole Miss in the Ole Miss homecoming scandal of driving a Mercedes. We have unconfirmed reports. It's actually a Porsche. <laughs> Literally. Somebody reached out to me. I now have. I was I, way off. reached out to me about that, too. Yeah. They were dropping too. dimes on for people. Yeah. <laughs> we now have <laughs> SEC sorority sources. Just totally God. terrifying. <laughs> I'm like, wait, you know this? I'm like, what? I don't know. Our reach is everywhere. Oh my god! Yeah. I, don't, I can't. I, I have not confirmed the sources reporting on that. Uh, no, so. I've got enough problems with all my other sources. Uh, <laughs> don't become my source. Half of my guys end up in prison. It's not good. Uh, so we got all that. Was there anything else? Any other? Uh, oh, we got to play. All right, we'll lead into uh, race for the case by playing right, with one of our favorite games. Would you eat it? Would you eat it? Texas State Fair. Uh, addition. We occasionally add other additions, but Texas State Fair has always been our would you eat it? I'm glad we're following the anal bead chess story with would you eat it? <laughs> Built up your appetite. <laughs> the game is pretty simple. Uh, as you do, you know, we're not really creative here. It's literally a question, would you eat it? Uh, as you know, Texas State Fair is this weekend in uh, Dallas and uh, at noon on Saturday amidst the State Fair. They have uh, the Texas-Oklahoma game, uh, but it is known for its very creative, uh, what do they call it, uh, midway meals, like those little you know, little carts, the kind of old-school food trucks, just fry them up and uh, and do it. So uh, I'm going to go through a few. Fried would you, everything. Basically. Would you eat it? It's good that we had, we have, we have uh, and we'll have producer Sean, you should, you should jump in on this. It, you know, we used to have Sully, and he just ate everything. So I don't yeah. know, producer Sean. Yeah. Sully was just was Sully like, was a yes. trash compactor. I mean, come indiscriminate. Up any, yes, to everything. Yeah. Deep fried garbage. Yes, absolutely. Might be <laughs> good. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. We'll start with a couple easy ones: the uh, Bayou Bowl, the Bayou Bowl, uh, a loaded Bayou explosion. Let's see. They take their three cheese macaroni, top it with shrimp and lump crab. They cook it in garlic scampi butter. They then drizzle oh. this culinary creation to a mouthwater Cajun cream sauce accompanied by a piece of succulent andouille sausage. Andouille. And a side of andouille, I'm sorry. <laughs> what is it? Oh, there it is, andouille. Had it misspelled. Mm -hmm. uh, and some French bread to sop it all up. Uh, the Ooh. Bayou Bowl. That sounds that's amazing. Oh, that's easy. That's not just a yes. That's a hell yes. Yeah, I don't need this one on there. I don't even know why I brought that one up. All right. Chamoy pickle. Anyone know what a chamoy? Ch Am I saying that one right? Chamoy pickle. Know. Spell mm -hmm. it. C H A C H A M O Y. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway. What else could chamoy it be? Might yeah. as well be. Yeah. Pad is always a wild card on the pickles. Uh, you never know. Yeah. Let's pickle meets candy. Uh, okay. Uh, a chamoy stuffed candy pickle. A big, juicy pickle is first wrapped in a fruit roll up. Oh. Then the pickle is stuffed with fruit gusher, coated with chamoy <laughs> sauce, and sprinkled uh, with some seasoning. 
Hell no. God, no. No, no. absolutely not. What is chamoy no. sauce? Do we know? No, no, you look that up. I'm looking it up. I might give that thing a try. I'm not really? going Wow. <laughs> pickle. I like the I like the pickles. I'm uh, I, I I could I could get in on it. Well, wow, here's my thing. I will, the you got to have the crunch of the pickle and then the fruit roll ups like messes with the texture. Yeah, fruit roll up yeah. texture is terrible. It gets stuck to my teeth too. And then a gusher's <laughs> jelly is that right? That's way too sweet. Oh no, no 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 no. Chamoy sauce is a popular Mexican condiment made with a variety of dried fruits and chili peppers. That's not helping. That would not help at all. No. no. So some no. spice no. on it. All right. I, mean, I could maybe do the chamoy sauce without the fruit roll-up. The roll-up is, yeah. is bothering the me. Roll up, yeah, the roll-up bothers me, too. Anyway, you want to get at the candy pickle factory by the Tower Building Food Court. Uh, all right. Another one. The crispy dilly dog. Would you eat it? The crispy dilly dog. Uh, it begins as a juicy dill pickle, then is cored, filled with an all-beef hot dog. It is then dipped in freshly made corn dog batter, rolled perfectly seasoned breadcrumbs, and fried to a golden crisp. It gets a drizzle of zesty chipotle mayo. I would Ooh. go without the mayo. So it I is would, a pickle mm. with a hot dog in the middle of it, uh, mm. then turned into a corn dog, basically. Well, as a guy from southern Louisiana, you know, corn dogs. I mean, of course. So, <laughs> yes, give me that, man. I'm I'm up for that. Yeah. There's a little too much going on there, but I would certainly try it. You know, the one too many things in one too many elements. But but yes, I would absolutely try it. I yeah, I would make that today and eat eat that for dinner. <laughs> that that's, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Oh man, that is a big pickle. <laughs> How do you get a whole hot dog? Like, that's a, yeah, 100%. Foot long, too. Foot dong, cord long. Foot long. Yeah. Holy moly. Wow. Uh, wow. So I guess, yeah, I don't know. Is it on a stick? Not. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, doesn't say. Doesn't say. Anyway. Foot long on a stick. Texas and Oklahoma fans sure might be it's beating each other with everything them. Everything is, isn't it? <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, would you eat it? Uh, the deep fried Texas country cookout. This hearty dish includes an array of flavors celebrated throughout the great state of Texas. Starts with a healthy serving of well-seasoned pulled pork, uh, generous amounts of herbed goat cheese, and a homemade special sauce. Uh, it is then coated in breadcrumbs and gets a dollop of coleslaw and potato salad on top and then mm. deep fried. Oh my Deep god! Fried. The whole thing? What uh, is it? Like a Drizzled ball? with like a homemade ball? jalapeno barbecue yep. sauce. Everything in in one bite. Oh my god! You're gonna deep fry the coleslaw? Yeah, Probably. I would rather not the potato salad on there in in the coleslaw. Yeah, right. yeah. Can't like yeah. ask for nose, you know? Like, well, I want the coleslaw on top of after it's deep fried. I'd want the coleslaw on right. Top. Yeah, there you go. So I'm not sure talking. I would. Maybe eat it is on top. Describe. I don't know. Yeah, you. <laughs> Deep fried Texas. Go to the Midway by the pirate ship if you want it. If you're into Texas okay. fair, listening to this. Deep frying the pulled pork feels sacrilegious. <laughs> I, I might be out on that one, actually. <laughs> I, I need my pulled pork either straight or on a sandwich. Mm -hmm. I, I need no no extra other than what we're what we're getting and what we know. There you go. I like how they throw healthy serving. Like they put the word healthy yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> They're not getting it in anywhere know. else. 
I'm worried about the goat cheese just overwhelming anything. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. again, maybe one too many elements. And I, it's one thing I've learned uh, when you're in Texas. Be, be wary of, quote, homemade special sauce. Who knows what that's all about? <laughs> um, this one I know we're going to say yes, but we we one of our favorites down there is Abel Gonzalez. He's known as the Fried Jesus. Fried Jesus is uh, his reputation, his moniker down at the... Uh, Texas State Fair. So Fried Jesus came up with this one this year. Uh, fluffy donut stuffed with Bavarian cream coated in banana nut muffin batter. And then deep fried to a golden crisp. They cover it with a pecan butter glaze, fresh bananas, and strawberries. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to decide if the dough muff is a donut or a muffin. Uh, <laughs> That's too uh, much. We're, I'm not here for questions. I'm not here to think. <laughs> not, not into ex- existentially <laughs> trying to identify this thing. But that's, yes, Fried Jesus is preaching to the choir there. Yeah. That's, I'm a yes on that, for sure. Yep. Sign me up. Sean. It sounds Fr- Fried Jesus yeah. comes strong every year. You, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Two, a couple more. Two couple more. The Fat Elvis. The Fat Elvis. It's uh, put out by Holy Biscuit. Holy Biscuit's at the Tower Building Food Court. The Fat Elvis, a mouthwatering explosion. <laughs> I think of Elvis. It's not really the words I want to use. <laughs> a blend of creamy peanut butter and strawberry jelly whisked together. Then you take a warm out-of-the-oven biscuit, spread a thick coat of that on it, layer in delicious marshmallow fluff, fire toast it for just a second to give it a golden brown campfire taste, take juicy cut bacon on top of the fluff, fried plantain bananas, uh, or come out all caramelized, uh, and you put it all on top. The fat Elvis. So you have peanut butter and jelly, fluff, mm-hmm. bananas, and bacon. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah. I, I see no problems, that's no a, flaws. Yeah, that's a pretty good combination. I'm a big PB&J guy, so that that's a good start. There we go. In particularly because of the strawberry jelly. Grape jelly, I don't know if that all mixes uh, yeah. well, but uh, the strawberry jelly. <laughs> I agree. I'm not a grape jelly guy. My dad and I have that have that fight all the time. He's we're both PB and J guys, but he's a he's a grape guy and I'm a strawberry guy. I don't want grape on my PB and J. How do you guys, how do you bridge that generational issue? Yeah, you don't. Uh, you don't. It's, you it's, don't. It's, we haven't talked in years. Up. You have two different kinds of jelly. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> I like our, our new lineup here. We've got more nuanced takes from our producer and more enthusiastic takes from Ross. Oh, what? Pete didn't get enthusiastic about uh, biscuits no, Pete would eat with jelly oh and fluff? He ate nothing. No, no he'd be like, <laughs> I'm not eating that. There's a, yeah. Pete going to the Texas State Fair, I mean, it's I like sending a vegan there. I mean, there's just no point. <laughs> Was, I would always try everything. I'm not might not might not eat it all, but uh. yeah. All right. Well, how about this one? This will end it with this because uh, they are famous for their deep fried, but they've pretty much deep fried everything, including like one year we had deep fried butter, which is just mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just they just took a stick of butter, coated it, and fried it. <laughs> just I don't know. I mean, like a deep fried Oreo is like. That, you know, that's game changer. I remember feeding Snickers that to too. my kids once. They do the deep fried. Oh, yeah, those are incredible. The state fair oh, yeah. before. Yeah. Deep fried yep. butter sounded gross. Uh, how about yep. this one? Deep fried honey. Deep fried honey. Mm. Raw, mm. all natural Texas honey. Because, you know, honey changes by the state. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Honey recognizes uh, that bee. Don't fly over to Oklahoma. Stay 
Stay in right. Texas. It's a Texas bee. Uh, is wrapped and deep fried, producing a perfect caramelized honey treat. And then if it's not sweet enough, they put powdered sugar and a cinnamon sugar concoction on top. So you're biting in and just getting honey. Yeah. No. That, yeah. Doesn't, that doesn't thrill me. Yeah. I'm not a honey fan. Just I'm just not a fan of honey. Right. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. It doesn't do a lot for me. It yeah. doesn't sound like there's much there there. Yeah. Mixing uh, honey into a bowl of something is one thing. Like biting into honey is no. Mm. <laughs> what about the honey nut Cheerio? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's yeah. a light note. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Yeah, there's got to be something to <laughs> adhere the honey, honey to. As yeah, yeah, to yeah. The honey like, being a, the whole I'm show. I'm a fan of honey in my yogurt bowl and stuff, but eh, I'm not going to bite into a thing. What honey is a supporting honey. actor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's yeah. a good. It's a supporting actor. It is <laughs> not perfect. The main headline. Yes. Well, it is yes. now. Sean, deep fried honey. The de- the deep fried honey could be a sneaky good hangover food because oh. the honey has the the soothing remedies. Uh, for your for your That's throat, a good point. all the yeah. you know the drinking, yelling the night before, and then you also have the deep friedness, which is really all you crave yes. the next morning Salty after. Savory, so, yeah. if I got after it the night before the Texas State Fair, I think this this really could help me get through the day. All right, well, pretty much everybody, everybody gets after yeah, it the night the, before. The whole point <laughs> of this thing. So, yeah, uh, good thinking, Sean. Uh, I think that's yeah. your mark. Yeah, that's the angle. Or if you come out of the game and your your voice is hoarse from yelling at Sark. Or Brent Venables, like, because <laughs> we're getting trucked. Yeah. Maybe the deep fried honey sues sues everyone down. I go. don't know. All right. That's our uh, that's our edition of uh, Would You Eat It this year. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, so along those lines, let's uh, let's pick that game. Texas is at o- or Texas is playing Oklahoma. Texas is a seven point favorite in the game. Played in the Cotton Bowl. Both teams struggling. Both could really use a win, and both coaches could really use a win. Uh, Ross, your pick on the uh, Red River. This seems like way too big of a spread, a seven seven pointer. So, I uh, I, I just I envision this game being you know inside of a touchdown so give me the Sooners to cover although they have not looked great and maybe uh maybe they play inspired in the big rivalry game so Oklahoma give me the points I'm going the same just because I I I don't trust that spread that line being too big I can't remember the last time Texas was favored in this game much less by seven and while they have played more inspired most years in recent years of the two teams in this if, if Oklahoma isn't playing hair on fire, then something's really wrong because they are getting embarrassed and they need to turn that around. Quinn Ewers could, I mean, maybe he lights them up because that secondary and that defense is horrible at this point. But I'm going to say Oklahoma finds something and at least covers that seven points. I think the uh, the honeymoon stage with Venables at Oklahoma is just about over and now it's time to get down to business. We're looking at it going into week six, so it's kind of uh, gut check time for Oklahoma. I think they do cover 
uh, the seven. I don't know if they particularly win, but seven seems just a little too much for someone that is trying to inspire a team this late in the season. Uh, I am going to win with Quinn. I am going to go lone Longhorn on this. Mm. If he's playing, and it seems that he is, make sure you know. But at eleven o'clock on you know uh, Central Time on uh, on Saturday, but uh, the implication from Steve Sarkeesian this week is they're healthy, and Quinn Ewers will be out there. And uh, I loved what he did against Alabama, and I do not love this Oklahoma defense right now. Uh, And they are susceptible to the big play, and I think it's like a whole new thing. Uh, So I am going to take Texas, uh, giving the seven. Often these games are pretty close, though. All right, next game. Let's do uh, the, the big game day arriving, all the hype. Number 17, Texas Christian at number 19, Kansas. TCU is a seven-point favorite. Uh, Should be a wild scene in Lawrence. There may be now video proof that a stadium does exist there, although who knows? They say they landed on the moon, too. They say they landed on the moon. Pat, who's winning? Oh, boy. Look, I think TCU's the better team, but Kansas has been a cover monster Kansas has played on an extremely high level. As long as, you know, the whole hoopla of the week doesn't uh, get to them, I think I think Kansas covers the spread, possibly even wins. I'm just I'm surprised they're that much of a home dog, even though, I mean, historically they are Kansas. But I'm going to take Kansas and the points there. Same thing. I, I um, no respect for the Jayhawks at all. At home, undefeated, ranked for the first time in whatever, 13 years, in, in a um, – a seven-point dog. Uh, uh, I just, uh, yeah, give me give me the points in this one. I don't know that Kansas is going to win, but I feel like it might be uh, a tighter game. I think Kansas definitely covers in the first half, and if that was the bet, I'd take Kansas. Unfortunately, I think TCU could play a, a more full game of football. I, I could see them pulling away in the fourth quarter, maybe even mid-third quarter. Kansas gets a turnover, whatever happens, and then TCU just does not. Uh, let up off the gas. So I'm going with TCU to cover in this game. I love this TCU offense. Fourth in the country in uh, in total yards. Uh, they've only played uh, four games, but they're averaging over 40 points a game, nearly 50. And so I think they will pull away late and get this done. I like TCU uh, where they're at, taking nothing from the Kansas Jayhawks. All right. Uh, number eight, Tennessee. At number 25, LSU. Tigers have rolled back uh, after that opening uh, game loss to Florida State. Tennessee is a three-point favorite in Baton Rouge. Tennessee can get through this. They're going to have a mega matchup on what used to be a kind of sacred thing, right? The third Saturday of October when Alabama and Tennessee play. That game used to that used to be like a huge thing. It will be it will be again, and it will be again next week, no matter what happens here. But that could be a massive matchup next week for Tennessee. But they have to get through LSU first. Ross, well, it's probably not the uh, best idea to determine your pick on the time of the kickoff of the game. But having said that, I, I don't think that Tiger Stadium will uh, be quite at 11 a.m. kick as it would at 7 p.m. And so lucky for the volunteers, they get a morning crowd, and, and I think they win, and I think they cover the three, and 
head into the Alabama game uh, undefeated and, yeah, biggest one in probably 20 years. We are on the same wavelength. I, I wrote in the dash, Tiger Stadium at 11 a.m. ain't Tiger Stadium at night. So I think that's a factor. Uh, Cedric Tillman, they say, will be back after having an ankle procedure in the uh, the off week. It, it may seem like a, they're pushing that a little far. I don't know. But if he is, that helps. And he can play. I think Tennessee's legitimately good. Uh, LSU, the one thing they've shown, they won't quit. They've come back in several games this year. So Tennessee will have to finish them. But three points, I'm not worried about covering that. Give me the Vols. Uh, this is the most confident I've seen Tennessee and their fan base in a while. I like the idea that they're already trying to check her out the Vanderbilt game at Vanderbilt. Uh, <laughs> so going into LSU, early kickoff, I'm not going to try to get too cute with it. I think Tennessee uh, is going to cover this game uh, pretty handily. Let me just say, this is this the, the fact that this is a thing is absolutely embarrassing for LSU fans. <laughs> I never thought I'd have to lecture LSU fans to to, to learn how to drink. <laughs> but if you it, I, this is this is absolutely humiliating. You guys pride yourself on your ability to party. You pride yourself on jumping the blackout train and and getting going for Saturday night. And then you just you, you let kickoff time dictate how hard you're going to go. <laughs> they don't have this problem in the Big 10. They don't have these problems in other places where they sit there, it's too early for me to get drunk and be rowdy. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I don't even know how I'm lecturing LSU fans for being bad, being poor fans. Get your crap together. This is the reality. We play when we play. Get up earlier. Stay up all night. I don't Someone care. Do that. You cannot have a weak effort at 11 a.m. If you're LSU, LSU, which prides itself on being like the king of the partiers, you can't sit there and be like, we only do it at certain times a day. We're not good enough to get hammered at 8 a.m. Maybe they'll prove us wrong. Binge uh, you put the, you, you just threw the gauntlet you down, did. Dan. I have no, the gauntlet this down. is pathetic. You're LSU. My God, they make every tasty cocktail in the world down there in Louisiana, in, in, in Bourbon Street. You can stay up all night at 6 a.m. You get whatever you want. Overlook it. Sunrise over Bourbon Street. It's very romantic. They get those big hoses out and hose away the <laughs> uh, Hose away the, the vomit. Yeah. Vomit and the bachelor uh. parties. You know, whatever's happening at the Crystal. It's just... <laughs> I refuse to accept this. Just because that, just because of that, I'm taking Tennessee. Wow! Across the that, board, look at how's there. that for analysis? Big matchup, Pac-12. Hello, number eleven Utah at number eighteen UCLA in the Rose Bowl. Utah is a four and a half point favorite. Is every home team an underdog here? Pretty much. Well, no, wait. We well, got, Texas, we got a lot of that Central, going on, but yeah. Outside of that. Yeah, I it's neutral right. and then A&M, A&M Bama, Bama yeah. we're going to do. Boy, this is a big game for, uh, well, for both teams, but this is a real program game for UCLA and Chip Kelly. So we'll see what we got. Uh, Pat, you can start with you. Utah or the Bruins? Yeah, um, I think uh, – Utah has gotten well since that opening crusher loss to Florida where they still almost won at the end. 
Uh, they've stomped four straight opponents. And I think UCLA caught Washington at a good point last week. They played well. They looked great. They will present a challenge, no doubt about it. But I think Utah's defense is up to the challenge of Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Zach Charbonnet, et cetera. So I like the Utes to win on the road and cover. I have loved the UCLA story. Um, Chip Kelly and the undefeated and DTR and the whole thing. But I think this is when it probably ends. Utah and Kyle Whittingham, they're having one of their typical seasons, right? They start off kind of sloppy with a loss in the first game or two, and then they continue to roll and pick up steam. And I think they go into the Rose Bowl. I think they win, maybe even win convincingly. I don't necessarily want it to happen. Love the UCLA story. Would love to uh, to expense a report to L.A. at some point this season if they kept it rolling. But um, I think I think the Utes get them. I think they cover the four and a half. Uh, so give me the... Uh, Give me the fighting Whittinghams. I am going to stay spiteful towards Utah and take UCLA in this matchup. It's You guys made a lot of really good points. Utah has gotten right. UCLA, I mean, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, probably at his best game he'll have all season. Last week, probably won't replicate it, but strictly out of spite, I will take UCLA in <laughs> wow. this game. Okay, it's good. I like a good spite pick. Good way to gamble. That's a little Seinfeld wise. spite there, huh? You can't return um, clothing for spite. spite. Yeah. Or the spite store and um, <laughs> they did the spite store and uh, curb, mm. curb your enthusiasm. I'm excited. Uh, Monday's the return of uh, my favorite show, All American. They're in college now. Spencer oh, James, Jordan Baker. They're playing it kind of like what looks like the USC. Opposed to the remember they went on the recruiting visit to UCLA, yeah. Um, but they didn't sign there. I don't know why UCLA and USC didn't like hand out like mark or whatever, like allow these this show to use their their name or something. But I forget what their thing's called. It looks like they chose to end up going kind of the more USC while a couple of the other guys went to UCLA. So they're not there, and that's why. That's why UCLA will not get it done. Had they had Spencer James. As a freshman uh, slot receiver, it would be getting done, but they don't. Uh, no, look, I think UCLA's got to prove that they can win against an established, all-in, full-throttle program like Utah. And until then, I mean, they beat Washington. It's, you know, uh, rebuilding and got a lot of hype off of crushing a terrible Michigan State team. Beat LSU last year. But, like, have they really done it against this level Uh consistently yet no not at all so i'm gonna take utah in that one all right finally texas a&m visits alabama uh this is the uh nick saban jimbo fisher uh throwdown in tuscaloosa alabama is a 24 point favorite that is down from 24 and a half uh we do not even know whether bryce young will play and they are a 24 point favorite it's not like there was a passing game without him so uh, that would be the biggest thing to me looking into this game. But what say you, Ross? You know, I don't think they need Bryce Young to win the game. They probably need Bryce Young maybe to cover the points. Uh, man, this this feels like uh, this feels like one that uh, Vegas is just begging you to take the tide, and so I'm not. So. Give me Aggies to cover the 24, even though I don't feel good about it at all. Here I am again, picking against Nick Saban. 
and uh, maybe I'll get that uh, backdoor push. <laughs> well, if, if Vegas is begging us to take the tide, I'm listening. I am accepting. Uh, I just think that not only are they the better team, and I think they're going to be able to be okay whoever's playing quarterback, uh, I think that they they will not be foot off the throttle like Nick Saban has been sometimes in the past. If they're up big, they're going to want to stay up big. There is some bad blood here. I think this will be an intense Alabama team for in all four quarters and all 60 minutes. So I think they have enough to win and cover. As the lone tide selection or selector last week, yeah. I'm going to have to keep that going here. I'm going with Alabama. Uh, both these coaches were, were getting pretty animated in the offseason, so I have to give the nod to, to Saban in this, even though Saban once threw some shade at my program for no reason whatsoever. Uh, it is uh, I, I have to go with him. Tennessee? He, uh, he said, this is the SEC in Alabama. We're not in Rhode Island having picnics after the game. Oh, after that's a loss. <laughs> what a shot. We had a wow, taking a it was a weird team meeting the next day. Did you guys Man. have picnics? Like, what the hell did we do to you? Yeah. No, <laughs> we're not in Rhode Island having picnics. Was he thinking like a clam bake? There are a lot of picnics that happen in Rhode Island. <laughs> Picnic state, the, the meetings were bloodbaths. I, I couldn't, I don't know what he's was talking the about. URI was miserable. Did, was, is the team angry at Nick Saban? Did you want Bama? Yeah, <laughs> we asked our, we, we asked our coach. What what did we do in the meeting? One of our captains, senior captains, is like, hey, what does this mean? What did we do? To, did you do something to save it? Wow. There's a little URI Bama beef going on. With that. All right. Jeez, Nick just crushing <laughs> Rhode Island people. having picnics. They have good picnics. It's called a clam I mean, bake. They do. Good clam bake. Yeah. So bake. if you I'll go could, to the yeah, clam bake. Let's not. Let's okay. not. Football aside, is this like a crawfish boil in Louisiana or something? The Rhode Island picnics, Rhode Island clam clam bake. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. It's good. They know what they're doing down there. Uh, All right, uh, look, Alabama could run the ball uh, like crazy, two hundred fifty-one point four yards per game. Uh, So I don't really care. I'm not betting against Alabama anymore. I I keep falling for that trick. Vegas will not get me this time. Alabama is going to win, and they're going to cover. All right, lock of the week time. Pat, who you got? Lock of the week, boy, there's some interesting opportunities out there. I'm going to go with Washington State getting 11 at USC. Damn you, Pat. Washington State's good. Ah, Did I take yours? Mm -hmm. I got to back up, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, Washington State is good. They have had a good season. Their one loss, they had Oregon on the ropes. Oregon came back to win uh, there. They've they've won at Camp Randall, so they've been in in an atmosphere. Uh, Cam Ward, very talented quarterback. If he doesn't throw it to the wrong team, because USC will pick you off and he will throw interceptions on occasion. If he doesn't do that, I think Washington State is in this game for a full 60. I think USC's been playing a little over their heads for a while and it might catch up with them a little bit here. I think USC will win, but 11 is too many. Certified lock. Yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, I know what's going to happen here. Washington State's going to cover. That's who I was going to pick. Then the team I'm going to pick, my backup, is not going to cover. I can see it coming right now. But anyway, give me uh, give me the Terps. They're my backup. Uh, they're at home. They're uh three-point favorite at home against Purdue. Terps been playing well, four, four and one. 
So give me the Terps. Felt better about Washington State, but I think Michael Oxley and them got it rolling. Tagalua, Tagavaloa playing pretty well. So see if they can hold serve at home and win by a more than a field goal. Certified lock. I'm going to take JMU giving 11 and a half to Arkansas Arkansas State this upcoming week. It, uh, the stats are pr- kind of similar. You look at the total yards, passing, rushing, all that. I look at Arkansas State has double the amount of penalties that JMU has this year with 36. That is not a team that wants to win or cover, and JMU is playing very, very well so far this season. Uh, so that will be my lock, Roll Dukes. Certified lock. All right. I am going to go with uh, Clemson giving – I got them at 20.5. Let me see what else we got. 20.5 at Boston College. Mm. Boston College's offensive line is decimated with injuries, mm. and they would struggle to stop the front seven of Clemson if they were all there. And so I think defensively, Clemson is going to absolutely hammer Boston College and offensively will be able to pull away and win by three touchdowns. As long as that thing stays below 21, I think they're actually going to get uh, one of their defensive linemen back. Uh, I, I like Clemson in this game. A big number on the road, but I, I have a lot of faith in that. BC's doing really well and doing all it's can, but it's it's beating Louisville and things like that. So uh, Eagles have been gutting it out, but I'm going to take Clemson uh, to do that there. Uh, so that's a, that is a big one. Certified lock. A few other interesting games, Arkansas, Mississippi state, huge ladder game there in the uh, sec West Ross. Huh? Like, I mean, whoever gets yeah. that, it's like good, great season, good season. Right. Or, yeah. or just, you know, yeah, 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 it is. It's one of those games that uh, where you're, you know, going to the Gator Bowl at eight and four or nine and three or something like that, or you're going to Shreveport at six and six. It, it does feel like that. You know, I was in the Mississippi State facility earlier this week, and there, you know, Mike Leach is Mike Leach and his staff are always uh, they're pretty relaxed. You know, they get in. Mike Leach gets in when he wants. You know, and it just. It's a it's a different environment. It was not that case when I visited them. They, for whatever reason, they are locked in. It's about as serious as I've seen that building since he got there. And I think they, I think it's because they know they got a pretty damn good football team, and they want to get all they can out of it. And I think they're still ticked off that they lost to LSU after having a thirteen nothing lead. They probably should be undefeated. So, big game. They're taking it seriously, very very seriously. And um, Arkansas might not have. KJ Jefferson. So that would be huge for the Bulldogs. Hey, and Arkansas's having a good season, but they're three and two and they could lose their third straight. You know, it's just yeah. uh yeah. it's the nature of the, Welcome beast. To the SEC so it, West. Yeah, really, really interesting game there. UMass is hosting uh Liberty. We discussed this would be Pride Day. Pride Day in Amherst. <laughs> uh, that, was, that bit of trolling deserves a second uh second bit of action. A lot of interesting games out there on what K-State, Iowa State too. Like, does Mm. Iowa State descend into a bad season or not? Mm -hmm. Um, You start getting these places where, like, a lot of things can can wobble on you if it doesn't go right. You know, Michigan trying to get – should be able to handle Indiana on the road, but you got to get through that to get what should be a big matchup with Penn State. Oklahoma State, you know, undefeated host in Texas Tech. That's an interesting. That's one too. a big I mean, one. Can they, 
you know, how real is Oklahoma State? I mean, they just won at Baylor, so that's pretty big. But uh, and then Oklahoma Georgia State follows gets no struggles. attention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Georgia follows the struggles against Missouri by hosting, a, you know, a bad Auburn team that might be Brian Harson's last game. But would Georgia look any better, you know, after that severe, barely survives being in Columbia? Yeah, lot lot going on. Should be a good uh, weekend of games. We'll be back on. Sunday at some point to uh, overreact to all of them. So we appreciate you guys listening, uh, sharing us on social media, telling your friends about us, and uh, we will talk to you later. <laughs>